Do you have a hard time trusting yourself? Do you hide parts of yourself, um, your feelings, your beliefs, your ideas in order to please other people? So often um, we end up abandoning ourselves. Self-abandonment is a big consequence of, of narcissistic abuse. And um, we have to learn what it is and how to fix it. So today my guest is Sharon Martin. You've probably seen her on my channel before. She is a brilliant um, author and um, light in this world for us. So today we're going to talk about self-abandonment. And um, my name is Tracy Malone. I am the founder of NarcissistAbuseSupport.com. I am a coach, an author, and an educator. So if you have any more questions, please visit my website. But let's start off by welcoming Sharon. She's awesome and you're going to love this information. Hi, Sharon. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Hi, Tracy. Hi, everybody. It is always so good to see you. And I see that you have your books next to you, but I have them too. And oh, I yay. <laughs> So um, Sharon is an author of all of these books, and um, today we are going to talk about self-abandonment. And to me, this is such an important topic because I teach a class in abandonment. And while some of the victims of abuse actually relate to feeling abandonment wounds from their narcissist, when I hit the self-abandonment stuff, everyone is like, I didn't know. So let's start by explaining to me what is self-abandonment? Yeah, I think it's a it's a great place for us to start because we're certainly familiar with the idea of or have had the experience, as you were saying, of actual abandonment by somebody else. And, and that can either be a physical, like somebody is not physically present for you when you need them to be, um, prob probably even more common is the emotional abandonment. And that's that's also really what we're talking about when, when we're talking about self-abandonment, because we're obviously, we're, <laughs> we're technically physically present with ourselves all the time, um, but we're not always emotionally present for ourselves. And that's the idea of self-abandonment is really not not being there for yourself, you know, not valuing yourself, not being that cheerleader for yourself, not giving yourself um, support and affirmation, encouragement. Um, you know, again, it's sort of like all the good stuff that you want to also, you know, get from people outside of yourself. But more important, even than getting it from other people is being able to provide that for yourself. And I think you know, it's so important because you're going to always be there with yourself. I mean, I don't really want to say that, you know, you can't count on other people because I hope that everybody watching this has at least somebody that they feel like that they can, you know, count on that is a dependable, trustworthy um, person in their life. But I think if we're really honest, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you want to be able to count on yourself the most because you you can only control yourself, right? And so that's why it's so important that you're there for yourself um, because that's something that you can make sure that you're doing. Whereas, you know, you can you can do your best to create healthy relationships and um, develop um, those relationships with people who are going to be supportive. But, you know, you can't completely control, right, whether somebody is going to be honest with you or there's going to sh they're going to show up like they said they were going to, um, again, either physically or emotionally. But you want to be able to cultivate that for yourself so that you know 
you know, I, I can take care of myself, I can feel good about myself, and I can get myself through the challenges that life is going to present to me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you know, as, as we both know that the victims that come to us are, I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know. I, everything I was is gone, you know, and, and that's a self abandonment to have those principles to have that I stand up for myself. I'm strong. I was who I was before the narcissistic relationship, right? This ties into self love because a lot of this that we're talking about is love yourself, care for yourself, do for yourself, right? So that ties into it. But in the way it's phrased with this, it also ties into a lot of like inner child, again, mothering yourself, nurturing yourself. So tell me about some examples so that people can start to relate. Mm. What does this mean? Yes, yes. And we can go through, through a few. We probably won't get to all of them just for the sake of time. But I think one of the big ones is, is really not trusting your own instincts about things. And this is a challenging one because as you're you know, very well aware, you know, this is definitely a function of narcissistic abuse or other forms of abuse is that, you know, like when you're manipulated, when you've experienced gaslighting, any of those kinds of things, you're essentially taught not to trust your own instincts. Um, and that's a, it's, you know, it's a difficult place to be in. And so, I mean, it's certainly a process to try to reconnect with that part of yourself that can say, yeah, like I can listen to what's going on both physically with my body, like the sensations that I'm getting, like those really are quite telling, um, but often we just aren't paying attention to them or we're noticing them and just kind of discarding them and thinking, oh, it's probably not true. You know, somebody else is telling me that's wrong or, you know, and so again, we're letting somebody else's voice um, be stronger than our own. And so this sort of takes this like really focusing in on, you know, what am I feeling? again, you know, emotionally and physically about what's happening here. Um, and, and also, you know, thinking about what is that telling me? You know, what's the message in all of that? Because that's really the good stuff that we want to be listening to. I, I mean, I really think that everybody has, um, you know, good instincts. Um, it's just a question of like, getting back to them and listening to them, right? I mean, that sort of gut instinct of like, something feels off here. You know, we want to listen to that. Um, but again, like I said, it definitely can be, can be tricky because, um, you know, as a function of abuse, you, you may sort of not, you know, both be listening to the instincts, um, or, um, you know, sometimes our, our, you know, sort of self-protection has gotten really heightened and that's, you know, that's both a good thing. It's really, you know, we need it to protect ourselves, but it can also be challenging too, because I think that also kind of ties into that. It becomes hard to trust what's real and what's not. Um, but, but anyway, I mean, that's definitely one aspect of self-abandonment is just, you know, kind of letting other people be telling you, um, what's, what's good for you. Um, what's the right thing, um, instead of really listening to yourself. Um, and then I think another one that's really important is that we, we kind of lose track of who we are as people. Um, and again, a lot of this, you'll start to, I think, hear the themes in this as we talk about it is that, you know, again, like we're really focusing on who other people want us to be. And we've kind of lost like the core of who am I? And that can be, you know, something like, 
what are my interests? What are my personal goals? Or it could be things like your values, what really matters to you in life. And you kind of get sidetracked sometimes um, because you're so focused on other people and taking care of them or meeting their needs or just not enraging them, um, right? That you're sort of, you know, kind of living your life for other people, making them happy instead of thinking about, okay, what is it that matters to me? What would be fulfilling for me? Um, you know, right, I've let, I've let go of that. I've abandoned myself in that sense of um, I'm prioritizing other people above myself. I mean, we really want to find some balance in that. You know, I think a lot of folks, um, when they hear those kinds of things, like, well, I don't want to be selfish, right? I don't want to think too much about myself um, or be too self-centered. Um, but really that's fairly unlikely um, for people that tend to be, you know, by their nature, quite self-sacrificing. It's unlikely that you're gonna get to the other extreme. Um, and really what we're talking about is just like finding some balance here of, you know, we care about other people and we're interested in making them happy, but we can't just do that at our own expense all the time um, and just completely discount who we are um, and what matters to us. Yeah, it's, it's such an important thing because this also ties to both of your books, if you think about it, right? Um, setting boundaries. I was talking to a group last night. Setting boundaries is foreign to victims of abuse because they weren't allowed to. So that's, again, speaking up and saying, no, I don't want to do that. I prefer to sit home and read a book today, right? Yeah. Whatever it is, it has to do with that setting boundaries. And I think there's a tie to perfectionism, if mm -hmm. I'm not mistaken, because <laughs> <laughs> yes. Such a perfectionist. And I thought I was doing the right thing. I was like, but I know now that that tied to, you know, the recordings of my parents and you better do this, you better do that. And even, you know, just keeping up with the Joneses as, as my, my growing up brought me that perfectionism. How does it tie to this self-abandonment? Yeah, you're, you're right. And um, I'll answer, I'll answer the perfectionism and then I'll touch back around to the boundaries too, because, because they both do tie in. And with perfectionism, really what's underneath that, again, is this feeling of not being good enough and like feeling like there's something kind of fundamentally inadequate about yourself. And so you're always trying to prove that you're good enough, that you're worthy. And so it's very much about seeking some kind of achievement or some kind of um, validation from outside of yourself to affirm, you know, that you are good enough. Um, and so when, when we're in that kind of mindset, we're setting these impossibly high standards for ourselves, There's such high expectations that we can't possibly meet them. Um, and we, and so again, there's this element of like, we kind of lose track of sometimes what's really important to us um, because we're so focused on the achievement or the making somebody else happy or, you know, hitting that goal um, that we kind of, you know, it's like we lose the process, try to, you know, enjoy that process. It's all about the outcome and it's either a success or it's a failure. It's like, there's no middle ground for a perfectionist. They're, you know, they're always berating themselves or even, you know, inconsequential mistakes. It doesn't matter how big or how small the mistake is, the mistake is really intolerable. So we've developed this, this, you know, awful self-critic 
um, which again, when you think about this idea of self-abandonment, like how is that being there for yourself, right? If you're your worst critic and you're always, you know, on your own case about, you know, you have to do better or that's not good enough or try harder, right? Something along those lines, um, we want to, you know, move away from that and kind of, you know, have that compassionate side of ourselves, be able to take the center stage um, because that's really that loving approach to sort of nurturing ourselves. Um, I think both to enjoy the process um, and see that there's value in that, but that, you know, ultimately I think this compassion is also going to get us to where we want to be um, with our um, goals and, you know, the things that we want to accomplish as well. So we can, we can really do both. Um, and then going back to what you were saying about boundaries, um, what we, what we want to remember about boundaries is that um, boundaries are really about they said one of the purposes of boundaries is for us to get our needs met right and so you know when we're setting a limit you know we're saying no i can't do that um right that's a way to meet a particular need that you have and that might be um you know a need for time to yourself or um time to rest or time to spend with your family it could be a need for respect any number of things um but that's really what a you know, a boundary is about. And, and if you're not setting boundaries, it's often because you really don't feel like your needs are valid. Like they don't matter. Everybody else's needs are more important, you know, so if you need me to do something, you know, to help you out, and I am constantly prioritizing that over, you know, my need to take care of myself or even my need for, you know, to socialize or to, you know, rest or something like that. Those are also valid needs, right? It's not just a need to work and achieve things. Um, you know, so we've lost that sense of um, value in ourselves and saying, hey, it's okay for me to have needs. This is completely normal. And, you know, for me to be a healthy and happy person, I need to, you know, prioritize my needs and take care of them. And sometimes that's going to mean, you know, me setting a limit or me saying, you know, hey, I can't do that. That's not going to work for me. Um, so again, absolutely, like you were saying, if you're not setting boundaries, that is a, a different, you know, form of that self-abandonment where you're just like saying, oh, I'm not that important. Um, Walk all over yeah. me. Right, exactly. <laughs> Walk all over me is sort of the invitation, right? Mm -hmm. um, yes, that's what I sometimes say that, you know, you're sort of treating yourself like a doormat um, or letting everybody else treat you like a doormat because you're not saying no to anything or um, the equivalent of, yeah, hey, that doesn't work. Exactly. And it's, it's again, it's, it's, it's almost like a, a side effect of narcissistic abuse because they probably weren't allowed to set boundaries and the perfectionism comes in because if you make a mistake, you're on eggshells and it's not right and you're going to get yelled at. So you try and you try. And if I just do this right, then maybe then I won't get yelled at and then we'll be back to the happy couple and, you know, yeah. it builds and escalates inside of us. And then there's this abandonment where, your needs are simply not getting met. And so yeah. um, I love what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, again, I don't need to tell you this, but just as a reminder for, for folks that are um, watching, you know, it, it can also be, I think that you may have just tried to set boundaries and they don't work with a narcissist. Um, and that is true. I mean, sort of the typical approach to setting boundaries with a narcissist is not going to work, which again, I'm sure everybody watching this is, has tried it and failed and it's not a personal failure. It's a function of that dysfunctional relationship. Um, 
But there are other ways actually to set boundaries. And I talk about some of that in, in the book is that you, you have to shift away from trying to get the other person to change because somebody who's a narcissist or has a you know, personality disorder is very unlikely to change. So we want to, you know, we don't want to waste our time and energy on trying to get them to change, um, you know, with our boundaries. Instead, we want to use, you know, shift our approach with boundaries so that we can protect ourselves. Um, but it is a different, a different approach to doing it. Um, Absolutely. And when we're doing, when you're talking about perfection, um, you know, again, it goes back to the fear and the eggshells, you know, like, again, if I fail at making the perfect dinner party and, you know, oh, the, the glasses aren't lined up or whatever those very minor details are, yeah. and we don't do them, then we label ourselves with failure. Uh -huh. so we are self-abusing ourselves by not going, it's okay to make a mistake. I embrace mistakes. I like will put a scrap scrape across my dining room table and go, Oh, well, I'm good. You know, where before yeah. it driven me crazy and I would have called someone to repair it. And oh my God, that's the worst thing that ever happened. <laughs> and now I just don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, and that's, that's good and we can laugh about it, but I also am sure that there was a whole process of getting there because it's not easy um, to move from, you know, being in that place of, uh, again, it's like, there's a real fear and anxiety that you can hear, you know, underneath that story of, you know, either what are people going to think if they see, uh, you know, this, or they know about this mistake. Um, and also, you know, what do I think about myself? And again, it's like, we are magnifying how, you know, bad this is or what the consequences are going to be of it. Um, and we really need to, um, you know, think about the particulars of the situation because, you know, certainly some mistakes do have significant consequences, but most of the stuff that we're, you know, criticizing ourselves for really doesn't. And that's the, dis you know, we have to be able to make that distinction. Like it's not all, you know, 100% terrible right this is the idea of something we call this catastrophizing where we make the little thing into this giant catastrophe you know and i think it's like you know the end of the world the end of my life the end of my job the end of my marriage um you know when i've done something and usually it's something that either is a consequence very small or something that you can repair and move on right and and you know sort of look for that lesson in it and like okay well you know, stuff happens, you know, we're all humans, we make mistakes, even, you know, even when we're trying our best, we're just not going to be perfect at everything. Mm -hmm. um, no. You know, which we know, but if you also think about, I mean, and what would life be like if we were, I mean, it's like, we think that's what we want, but then I think we'd really just be robots, right? <laughs> you know what I mean, like with that is sort of this core piece of being human is, you know, that we're imperfect. Um, you know, and I try to remember, I mean, that this is, this is often the stuff, um, you know, where we really connect, you know, and form relationships with other people's. So when we talk about our mistakes, the things that haven't gone well, because um, that's the stuff that we relate, actually relate to, 
about each other, right? We don't really relate about the perfect Instagram, you know, picture of your vacation. I was like, oh, that's nice, but that's not where I really connect with somebody and feel like, oh, I understand you and you understand me, right? It's really when we we say, oh yeah, that was really hard, or I didn't do so well with that, or you know, um, can you help me out with this or something along those lines? That's sort of the real meaty, you know, piece of a relationship. Um, and when right when we're going through life like either pretending like we're perfect um or you know needing to act like we're perfect sort of because we're in a in a really difficult relationship you don't have that level of connection right you end up kind of at the surface level with people often yeah yeah so what we're talking about here is the the reasons and why people abandon themselves we're talking about the narcissistic you know fears of, of making and, and being perfect and and the eggshells and the fear of that what other reasons and how other ways do people abandon themselves like why why do they do it is it from childhood sometimes yeah i, I mean like right we're sort of talking about things you know um maybe in the present context of you know abuse that people might have experienced like more recently in their lives and that certainly you know can play a big impact we know that can really be destructive to our self-worth or self-esteem um, but i think probably for most people i mean we can look back further and see you know some of those roots in childhood um, because that's that's often where you know we're really developing these ideas about ourselves and our worth and how we relate in the world um and the challenge is that sometimes you know we don't really remember you know the specific messages um in terms of things that maybe people said um but but often what happens is we start to get messages when we're young about about who we are what people think of us um and um, and then those get reinforced over time, both by people, out, you know, in our lives, generally adults, it could be siblings or other people that you're close to, but, you know, think about parents and teachers or other people that were influential. And you have to remember that little kids are, they're easily influenced, right? I mean, they sort of are little sponges that suck up what people tell them about themselves and you believe it. Um, you know that's just you know i think the function of where they're at developmentally you know their brain development at that stage so you really don't have the ability to have critical thinking and, and really interrogate that idea and say oh you know you know my teacher said i was stupid is that really true and, and you have basically no life experience either to help you, you know, look at that. And these are the advantages of adulthood is that we have critical thinking and we have a lot more life experience so that we can really look at those ideas and decide if they're accurate and they make sense um, to us. But, but anyway, um, and then, you know, the thing that sort of adds on to it is that we get these messages from other people and then we assume they're true. So we just keep repeating them to ourselves. Um, not not generally on a conscious level, but you know we're thinking, oh, I'm stupid, and and then the next time I you know get a bad grade on my test, maybe not even that bad, you know, but maybe it's not a hundred, right? Then I use that and I say, oh well, there's more proof that I'm stupid, um, right? And and it's not necessarily really very good proof, right? Because <laughs> I said it doesn't even have to be that you got an F on that test. Maybe you got a C, you know, um, but to you that feels really bad. It's not a hundred. Um, so, like I said, I mean, you start to create this story about who you are and 
um, what your worth is in the world or what you need to do to get people's approval or love or attention. Um, and that carries, you know, we just take that with us everywhere we go. And that becomes, you know, this defining story of who you are. Um, and then we act accordingly, right? I mean, this, this then influences, you know, our relationships, our work, our self-esteem, um, really everything that we're doing, all these choices that we're, that we're talking about, the way that we relate to ourself even becomes part of that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and it's, it's all, again, we all have to understand how this ties into us, because if we don't, we are going to abandon ourselves. You know, it's the little pieces. It's the learn to set boundaries. It's a learn your, your, you know, perfectionism. It's learn where this came from and really start to change the way you're thinking about yourself, right? And give yourself permission to make a mistake. Give yourself a permission that, oh, I can speak up here. I can say, I really don't want that. I'd rather do this. We, it's it's slow, as you said in the beginning. It is not something with, all done, we're done. Right. You know, it is try it. And some people are going to be responsive to it. Some are not. But it's how you take back and stop abandoning yourself is to start caring for yourself Yeah. like you would for someone else. Yeah, and this is, um, and I love you know, explaining this um, in a conversation because it's 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 much easier than trying to explain it when I write something. I feel like, you know, because this is, I think, where people get kind of hung up is is often I think people can embrace the idea that yes, self compassion would be helpful, um, or they say, oh, you know, I'm watching this video about self abandonment. Clearly, that's not a good thing. I shouldn't abandon myself. Um, but when we're, we're, we're sort of feeling like, but I have to, I have to feel good about myself. I have to feel like I'm worthwhile in order to, you know, be there for myself in order to change some of these behaviors. Um, and that's not necessarily true. I mean, this can sort of go one or one or two ways, which is we can say, okay, let me try to feel good about myself. And then my feelings then will, you know, um, that will result in behavior change also. But the other thing, the other going the other direction actually can work just as well. And I think sometimes it's easier for people to say, okay, let me act like somebody who cares about themselves. Mm -hmm. And then by doing the behavior, eventually the feeling will come. That makes because sense. My, my concern is right, if we're sort of waiting until we feel worthwhile, we might be waiting a long time because it's hard to cultivate just a feeling, um, right? I mean, we could do some things, you know, I mean, you know, some affirmations or, you know, some, you know, things that would sort of bring about that. But I think probably it's easier if you just say, okay, you know, I want to change this behavior. I want to behave like a person who is self-compassionate. What would that person do? Um, and I think like you were saying, often the, the best way to, you know, envision this is think, okay, well, what if there was another person here, right? What if this was somebody, that, you know, a dear friend of mine that I really care about? Um, um, what would I say to her or to him? Um, you know, and we can really just translate that back to ourselves. Because um, it's it's so, I mean, it, in some ways, it's such a simple concept. Um, but it is so striking the difference that you will find between how you treat yourself and how you treat an actual dear friend in your life. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you just would never 
ever say the things that you say to yourself to that friend right i mean and this is the thing it's like we all actually know how to be compassionate um i think you know probably everybody listening to this you know has the the skills within them so it's not even so much that you need to learn a whole new skill set mm -hmm. it's really just about okay applying that to yourself and trying to get out of your head about do i deserve it um, right, I'm going to sort of ask people like just to, you know, try on the idea of it doesn't matter if you feel like you deserve it or not. I want you to just do it anyway. Mm -hmm. um, right, because that's, you know, that's a human, you know, that's like treating yourself with like human kindness. Mm -hmm. um, or even, I mean, again, I mean, you can think about your pets if that's easier for people. I think, you know, most people, you know, can love their pets unconditionally and they don't really ask you know well does my dog deserve dinner you know it's like no you just feed your dog because that's the right thing to do right and sort of try the same thing with yourself is just do it for yourself you know without this you know idea of oh like should i be doing this is it right is it wrong um and again i like i know it's like asking some people to really go out on a limb with this idea of of trying it um but I think you, you might be surprised that if you do it enough, it will start to feel more comfortable. Um, at the beginning, it's going to feel really weird. Um, if, if you're not ever kind to yourself and you start saying something nice to yourself or taking a little time to your, for yourself or writing in a journal um, or, you know, pursuing a hobby or something like that, you're going to be like, oh, this is really awkward and uncomfortable and I'm not sure if it's right. Um, but what you want to do is you want to just keep with it. You want to stick with it, you know, for a month or two, because it's going to take that long probably for it to start to feel any sense of, you know, familiarity um, for yourself. Um, so, I mean, I think that's the other thing is like, don't quit too soon, right? It will feel awkward at the beginning um, when you start to make a shift towards caring about yourself and, you know, treating yourself like you would somebody that you care about. <laughs> it's it's self-compassion and it's fake it till you make it like it's just take that step and go i do deserve that i just got back from a vacation by myself for my birthday the first time in 62 years that i was like alone on my birthday and i was like i deserve this i can't wait i'm so excited and i had the best time and people were like weren't you lonely i met people every day like it was it was amazing it was it would you you get to meet more people when you're alone because if you were with your little thing their nucleus their nucleus nobody talks to you right you go on a boat trip and you meet all of these wonderful amazing people yeah. share stories with you and it it's such a cool experience so it is about taking that chance going i've never taken a vacation by myself why don't i try that okay maybe that's too far let me go to dinner by myself mm -hmm. let me go to a movie by myself right when you start to fall in love with yourself then things change and i'm not saying oh i love myself like a narcissist i'm saying i respect myself and yeah, i yeah. deserve what i would have done if there was someone else there right i have a friend who just like hasn't bought flowers for her porch all year long right okay fine that's fine but then this guy comes into her life boom she buys the flowers and i'm like the whole summer is gone if you really wanted the flowers why did it take till someone else was coming right, right. them give yourself the darn flowers yeah and, and 
and go, I deserve that instead of, oh, the guests are coming. Now we can fix everything up. Take care of your, right. your space. Just, yeah. Yeah. Don't just do it for somebody else. But yeah, if it's important to you, do it for yourself, even if nobody else is going to see it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a common thing, especially when people get single after of a divorce or something. You know, it's really hard to cook for yourself. So they, they kind of don't do it. Yeah. Guests come, boom, there's a big dinner. So now I make one big dinner on, on the weekend and I eat it all week mm -hmm, long, mm -hmm. right? take care of myself that way because I deserve it and um, I don't have time every night so again it's finding the happy place that makes you eat the way you want makes mm -hmm. you do what you want makes you have fun yeah but I, I do want to I do want to reiterate one thing Tracy <laughs> because yeah. I know that you have done a lot of work to <laughs> get to the place where now you can say I deserve it right Right. Perfect. So that rolls off the tongue and it feels good and you know, it's true. Mm -hmm. But I think right for the people that are starting out, like I said, don't worry if you don't actually feel like you deserve it. <laughs> the key is do it anyway. Yeah. Right. So even if you're like, I'm not sure if it's worth buying flowers, if no one's going to see it, or I'm not sure if it's worth cooking dinner, if I'm the only one eating it um, or, you know, setting the table or whatever it is. Um, you know, if it's something that feels interesting and important to you, um, go ahead and do it. Um, baby, steps. I, yeah, yeah, baby steps and yeah, don't get yourself hung up on this, you know, whether you deserve it or not, because Tracy and I are just going to be, you know, here to say everybody deserves to be treated with respect and to be valued and to be cared about. And, you know, the most important person that that can come from is you, you doing it for you. Because I think the other thing that we haven't really touched on here is that I think when you are doing these things for yourself, um, you're not only like cultivating um, this, you know, compassion for yourself and this self-esteem, but you're also starting to show the rest of the world how you expect to be treated right mm -hmm. because when you're doing it for yourself i think it then becomes harder for you to tolerate other people abandoning you other people not treating you with respect other people not treating you with dignity and and you know any any of those kinds of things right because we are starting to you know feel good about ourselves and we're starting to say yes this is the right way to be treated this is the way i want to be treated mm -hmm. um and then if you know right if you have family or other you know um friends that you're in close contact with they're gonna you know if you keep this up they're gonna start to see that you're treating yourself differently um, and I think that starts to become also um, something that they can see, and then they can start to treat you in that same way as well. Um, and also, again, it's great, you know, practice for setting the boundaries, because like I said, you're, you're just going to be less willing to tolerate mistreatment from other people when you're treating yourself well, because you're really, you know, getting that you're, you know, comfortable with the idea and it's starting to feel really good. And you're saying, yeah, this is, this is the right thing, right? This is how people should be treated. I'm not going to put up with other people, you know, treating me less than. Yeah. And, and again, this makes us more, less narc bait right exactly strong we're we know what we want we're not going to take it you break my boundaries that's it right we we have built up a foundation like you just said that they're not going to mess with or we won't tolerate they'll try to mess with it yeah. but yeah. you're not going to tolerate it anymore because you you feel that value of yourself yeah so absolutely
did we miss anything? Did we forget anything? I don't think so. I, I mean, I think that I think that wrapped up nicely with those different components of, you know, really this idea of trying to just start with some small ways to appreciate yourself, love yourself, um, do nice things for yourself, say nice things <laughs> to yourself, you know, try to be, you know, give yourself that compassionate voice of, you know, what you, you know, wish other people were saying to you. Um, and, you know, get a, don't worry about whether you deserve it do it, get used to it. And, and I love, you know, the way you phrase that, you know, that it really starts to create this, you know, um, shield against future abuse, right? You're sort of narc proofing yourself in that way, because I absolutely believe that you're not going to tolerate it um, when you're treating yourself well. Absolutely. Thank you so much again for joining me. I love it when you are here. Everybody, um, Sharon, tell us where they can find you. We'll put the your mm -hmm. URL along the bottom. But um, you know, where do they where do they find you and how do they find out more about your amazing things that you do? Thank you. Um, yep. So my website is livewellwithsharonmartin.com. It's a little bit of mouthful, but get over there. And yes, I've got lots of stuff that's boundaries perfectionism codependency self-esteem a lot of those topics um and and the books that tracy tracy showed and mentioned um the better boundaries workbook and the cbt workbook for perfectionism they're both available pretty much at any bookstore um wherever you buy books you should be able to find those and i'm going to make a plug for you to everybody follow you on inst uh, on pinterest Instagram too, but Pinterest, like she's the queen. And this is how the topic came up was mm. because I saw this meme and I went, oh, Sharon. <laughs> I'm like, we need to talk about this. She does amazing work and there's so much out there for you guys as resources. So please look her up. She's such a valuable like asset to this community and to the world. So thank you for all that you do. Thank you. Thank you. Feeling is mutual. <laughs> I hope you guys found that helpful. I'm not hoping that you feel that you relate to self-abandonment, but it is a huge part of what we have to understand and start to learn to heal. As Sharon says, it takes a while. It's baby steps. It's try it. It's test it. It's see if you can like yourself, if you can be your own best friend, if you can buy those flowers for yourself, try it. It will work and it will be a life changer because narcissists don't really mess with people that have self-respect. They are looking for the people pleasers, boundaryless um, victims that are easy to exploit. So get firm on who you are and start to love yourself. And then you won't have this self-abandonment wound to deal with and it will repel narcissist from you so we like that idea so this is tracy malone thank you so much for watching if you watched this all the way through and you made it this far um please subscribe to my channel and leave a comment down below we really appreciate sharon being here so thank you all and i'll see you next time